Gentlemen, we went over the rules in the dressing room. I want to caution you to keep this fight clean at all times, and what I say you must obey. Live from the WKOM studio in downtown Columbia, it's time to wake up and get woke. It's three dudes with a view. Let's get it all! Tennessee. Welcome back. Monday morning, three dudes with a view. My name is Delk Kennedy. I am dude number three. Hope you all had a great weekend. I spent my weekend at, uh, we we started uh, 29 years ago. We started a deer camp for dads and children. Uh, I think my son was maybe nine when we started, and we've come full circle. This, this year we had a, a lodge full of grandchildren, and uh, the, the circle has come full round. It was truly a pleasure. Now, I will have to tell you, Clayton, I must. <laughs> there there was a Tesla plugged up outside of Deer Camp. <laughs> that is a first for everything, I guess. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that, I, What's now, the world I was coming not, to? I was not expecting to hear that this morning. All right. Good morning, Clayton Harris, dude, number two. I, you doing okay? I'm doing great. Uh, yeah, that... I expected to hear a lot of stories about what you guys uh, did over the weekend, but uh, a Tesla was the last thing I thought I'd hear. I, I, it's the last thing I ever saw I'd see plugged up at Deer Camp, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> we had good food. The, uh, you know, I'm, I guess I'm the chairman emeritus of Deer Camp, and and uh, of course the our children are all in their late thirties or early forties, and their parents themselves and so they they ran the whole thing they uh the food was absolutely amazing we had a we had a, a whole deer on friday night and then saturday night we had a a whole lamb they cooked a slow Ooh. slow cooked which one was better in this particular case the lamb was better the lamb sounds better uh well i got to the venison by the time I was at the end of the line, like when I got there, it was cold, so that may have made a difference, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Yep. Well, it sounds like y'all had a great time, though. Well, it, it was just really good to see the the, cir- the circle fully turned, uh, a house full of children, you know, about the same age as uh, they were when we first started taking our children uh, to, to deer camp. And, and, you know, of course, to them, it was all discovery, all new. Uh, they were just having a ball. Um, you know, we did have some explosives. Uh, <laughs> it's a, it, there's a lake down there, and it's about, it's close to 300 yards across the lake, something like that. Wow. Yeah, and some chemist, uh, enterprising chemist, uh, 
mixed up some tannerite. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear those. You can hear uh, the tannerite explosions uh, quite often down in the Kolioka area. Uh-huh. But I can only imagine what that was like over a three hundred wide lake. You got to, yeah, you got to shoot across the lake at night, and boom! We we also had a fully licensed and legal machine gun on hand. So I remember that one last year. Yeah, yeah. we won't mention names, but I remember that last year. <laughs> so it was. So the kids are probably ready for next year to hurry up and get here. They, oh they, gosh, they had a blast! Well, it's the kind of thing they started crying when they left. That's yeah. great. I mean, I, I, I hate that they cried, but. That just tells you what kind of time they had over the weekend. Yeah, yeah, it, it was good. Ah, it was awesome. All right, dude number one, Mr. Jim York, is attending some kind of civic meeting, I think, this morning. Uh, he is and always has been uh, active in this community, uh, helping out, volunteering, doing uh, things that help the community that take time and are difficult to do. And He's up to one of those this morning, but we'll be back with us tomorrow. A friend of the station and special, special guest at a time when all hell's about to break loose in Nashville, Tennessee. Representative Scott Specky, how are you? Very good. Good morning, everybody. All right. Now, let's see. When, is your, when do you all start? Tomorrow? We start tomorrow morning at high noon. Wow. High noon. Oh wow! Cue into Clint Eastwood music right now. Now what? Now what number session is this? One hundred and thirteenth. Is wow. this a new session or uh, new? It's a new. This is a new session. We have uh, and Murray Southern Middle Tennessee will have a couple new uh, representatives, uh, starting with myself representing Murray County along with Kip Capley as a freshman. The west, the western end of Murray County. Yep. Todd Warner is now uh, he's in the northern part of Spring Hill, so there's more representation there. Jody Barrett comes in from uh, Michael Curcio. He's in the Hickman County. Uh, Clay Doggett. Michael retired. Right? Michael retired. Yep. Uh, Clay Doggett is in Giles County. Uh, Sam Whitson takes over the. Uh, the um, the I call it the half moon part of Williamson County that touches Murray County there, and then we have Senator Hensley that's been with us since 2010. Jack Johnson in Williamson County. Paige Wally is a senator that comes in from the west side, and then Shane Reeves comes in from the east side along with Pat Marsh, representative. All right, Scott. You how many? What this year? What third term? Third term, yes, sir. Well, what advice have you given to Mr. Capley, who is a young man who will be going into his first term? Um, be prepared for something you've never done in your life. Uh, listen more than you speak, and, that, and and that'll probably be a good first term for you. Um, I I heard he's filed. He's going to file fifteen bills, so we'll see. 15 that's a lot that's a lot maybe a little yeah. ambitious for a first time <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a lot that's a lot of time to spend up there arguing with people that don't know you um, well, well but before we dive into to this i gotta say what an eventful weekend it was for uh, the u.s congress and, and our own congressman from mm-hmm. uh, murray county um one could argue over the last week we just had with the Congress of the United States, that's probably the most affected they've ever been for the people of the United States. They couldn't hurt us for a week. Of course, we, we talk about apples and oranges here. One, Clayton's bringing up the, the U.S. Congress in mm-hmm. Washington, D.C. Of course, Scott is our representative in the Tennessee State Legislature here in Nashville, both of which are getting cranked up with uh, the new year. Uh, one would argue, I think, we'll accomplish more than things they do in Washington, though. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, with the uh, with the House being controlled by Republicans, the Senate being controlled by Democrats, with a de- Democrat president, I think what you're going to see mostly probably is for the next two years a lot of hearings uh, in the House on on, on uh, issues and individuals, and then hopefully some uh, resolutions will come of that. Well, I'm with my dad, Scott, who always said, you know, a legislature out of session or a legislature who does nothing, which does nothing, is probably the best legislature at all. all. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of gridlock, obviously, because whatever goes to the House is going to get denied in the Senate Mm -hmm. and the White House. First, do no harm, yeah. But, uh, you know, last, uh, was it last Thursday Mm -hmm. or Friday night, uh, I was searching the AM uh, stations. I was looking for, Kalioka was playing over at Marshall County. But I ended up coming across the Mark Levin show, and I just happened to hear our congressman's name being mentioned. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was one of the 20 that held out. But Levin came on his show and said that he was holding out because he wanted to be put on two committees and uh, that he would vote for Kevin McCarthy. And by goodness, the next day, he voted for Kevin McCarthy. So maybe it was, yeah. Uh, uh, so it'll be interesting to see what committees uh, uh, Congressman Ogles ends up getting on. Very powerful up there, uh, sitting on on particular committees up there. You can uh, be part of the discussion or kept away from it. And uh, you know, if you can find your way onto some of those big committees, you can affect major policy uh, in our country, which is huge. Uh, rules, finance, uh, military spending; uh, those are the big ticket items. Health. And so if you can find yourself on the one of those committees, you can really dictate policy in our country and move, and move the ball one way or the other. Well, I, I, I guess, you, can, you know, Scott, and, and that's a good thing, I guess. But, of course, we're talking about the U.S. Congress here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really – the only – I'm a, a Scott Desjolais, uh devotee. And, and what Desjolais does is he consistently shows up and votes the will of his constituents. Mm-hmm. And, you know – that's the number one thing for me not what committee you're on and a lot of time you end up you know to to be on one of these committees and to have influence you've got to play the game and so you've got to amass favors and whatnot to to get there and so then you end up like mitch mcconnell supporting a 1.7 trillion dollar spending bill just to get a bridge over the ohio river that's correct you know you look at congressman desjardins since 2010 he's just been steady uh, you know, if you look at his voting he record. He shows up every time and votes what the people of his district want him to vote. Who send him up there to, to do the job. That, and that's the number Very one Very consistent. Thing. And that's the thing is, you know, you go up there and you try to vote your district, how, how you represent it, and you hope that en- enough other districts in the country align with you so you can move the needle. And, of course, the opposite of that, though, is trying to vote uh, to accumulate favors from mm-hmm. your uh, fellow members so eventually maybe this one of these things the bridge over the ohio river you can get through and uh, anyway let's get back to the state legislature though because that's uh that's what scott's here about and that will affect our lives probably a lot more than whatever happens in congress this session well i I would think tomorrow you'll see a lot less fanfare of the election of our speaker of the house Uh, cameron sexton will be elected speaker again True. Um, he's been nominated by the Republicans. Uh, we haven't heard anybody from the Democrats being elected a speaker or being nominated for speaker. But it, it, it'll be Cameron Sexton with uh, 75 members of the House out of 99. I can pretty much guarantee you he's at least going to get 75 votes. And, and I haven't. I've I've heard one or two criticisms of uh, Speaker Sexton, but very little. 
Well, I mean, so far, I mean, st- steady hand. Uh, you know, we're going to have our controversies, but uh, Speaker Sexton's big thing has been uh, vote your conference, conscience, vote your district. And so w- without without any repercussions on that, and he's held true to that since he's been Speaker. And, and as someone up there who sometimes disagrees with the governor, disagrees with the Speaker, um, you know, he, he has not held any kind of retribution against us. He just allows us to vote our conscience. Yeah. Which is what you're supposed to do. And, um, you know, the Tennessee State Legislature right now, folks, is confidence in it is high. Its popularity is high. Uh, That's just almost unheard of in Tennessee or other states. Uh, So thank you, Scott, and all all that you're doing. We're going to come back on the other side and talk more about what's in front of the Tennessee Legislature uh, this winter and spring. But, Scott, the richest thing I heard over the weekend is the bill being filed, uh, which apparently is going to pass to reduce the number of uh, council seats in Metro Nashville from 40 to 20, uh, apparently in in retribution for that leftist council rejecting or chasing away the Republican National Convention in 2024 and the millions of dollars which would come with it. And then people like me who quit going to Nashville during COVID because, you know, you had to have a, a vaccine record, a negative test, a mask on, and I just said, the hell with it, I ain't going there. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, it's a leftist... Uh, pool in the middle of a uh, ruby red middle Tennessee and I just I can't wait to watch those pigs do whatever they do (laughs) well I guess we'll talk about that when we come back from the break (laughs) All right. For 60 years, people all over Middle Tennessee have returned to Parks Motor Sales again and again because they get the best vehicles and best service possible. Go to ParksMotorSales.com for options. New Buicks, pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs, financing, certified technicians, parts, tires, and more. Then stop by 919 Nashville Highway, test drive a Buick, and see why the Buick Encore and Buick Enclave are among America's most reliable vehicles. Experience the new Buick at Parks Motor Sales. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. 
American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder, and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MemsModernLandscape.com. That's MemsModernLandscape.com. And check out what we have to offer. Thanks. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Is your family looking for a new primary health care provider, or did you wake up feeling poorly? Give Northside Medical Professionals a call. We also have facial gift cards available for Christmas gifts. We have two Columbia locations to serve you on Nashville Highway and Trotwood Avenue. We have same-day walk-in spots available, and we are taking new patients. Our caring staff is ready to help you with all your health care needs. Call 540-4210 or visit northsidemedicalprofessionals.com today. Three dudes with a view Monday edition. We're starting a new week. Uh, and uh, most importantly, we're starting off uh, a new year in both the U.S. Congress and the Tennessee State Legislature. Sure. My name is Del Kennedy. I am dude number three. Dude number two, Clayton Harris. How you doing? I'm doing well, Del. Good morning, everybody. And friend of the station and special guest, uh, Scott Sapecki, who is headed to Nashville today to kick off uh, tomorrow the uh, spring session of 2023 of the Tennessee State Legislature. Good morning, Scott. Good morning. This is the uh, the best day to be up there is the day before because everybody has smiles on today. Here we go. And all, the, yeah. and all the death and mayhem starts tomorrow in the General Assembly where you're killing ideas and, and hopes and dreams of people. Um, but uh, a big announcement today, uh, and I know you're, you're going to be up there, Del, because yeah. uh, Governor Lee is coming in town to uh, Allen, Allendale Farms up in Spring Hill to uh, announce the big United Communications broadband investment for Southern Middle Tennessee uh, to try to take more and more people out of the dark ages and bring them into the, to the technology zone. Uh, that's really good, especially for our schools and our kids, to make sure that they have the uh, connectivity to good, be able to get online. Good fiber internet. Good fiber, good fiber internet. And, and this particular project will involve uh, 
Duck River Electric customers. That's correct. Okay. Partnership with them. Yeah. And so uh, their goal is, I think, two, two to two and a half years have this project all rolled out. We'll see what the progress is, and then probably uh, I'm sure the General Assembly will appropriate more money, either with this or other technology that becomes available that's more efficient. There we go. All right. Uh, other stuff that's going on right now, um, uh, DCS. The Department of Children's Services is an absolute mess right now. Uh, we have hundreds of children in DCS custody that are sleeping in offices right now across the state of Tennessee. You well, know, Scott, I, I, go ahead. I, I, I'm sorry, Doug. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. We hear Ms. York talk about this a lot. It's true. Um, and and it, it does sound like a mess. Can the state not partner up? with someone like the Tennessee Children's Home to try to help out in this type of situation? That's one of the solutions that we believe, and that's why the state of the state will be very important this year, because Governor Lee, one of the things he's going to talk about is his plan for DCS, and number two, the next plan is for infrastructure and roads. But on the DCS front, uh, you know, it is, and Delk, you know this, it, it is a horrible job that these people have to do with the things that they see that are happening to children right. in, and, in, in and, the state of Tennessee. And what, it's tough. What we're talking about, folks, uh, just so everybody knows, I mean, the uh, Department of Children's Services works with the juvenile court systems across the state. Uh, you run into situations for various reasons. Either the child may be involved in criminal activity, the child may be addicted to drugs. It may be a problem with the child's parents who are addicted to drugs or involved in criminal activity. But there's a reason that the juvenile court has to remove the uh, child from the custody of his parents or guardian and place the child in the custody of the Department of Children's Services. And that's where the problem is. Department of Children's Services is overwhelmed at this point. Scott, what I'm curious about, though, is this a problem from a lack of funding or a lack of maybe good performance by the Department of Children's Services or both? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the turnover we've had at the department. Uh, we've turned over commissioners since I've been up there in the last uh, f- four years, three or four times, and that's not good for continuity of services. Uh, the turnover in our employees is huge, where we got people rolling in and out of there all the time because of the workload. Is that a salary problem? Well, it is, too. That's something that we need to adjust with salaries. The Governor Lee has talked about increasing salaries. Uh, he's already put an initial money in there to hire more people to get them on board but it's it's a job that that is more of a calling than it is a career uh, okay. you, you've got to want to do this stuff because the kids and you know I, I i took a tour of one of our facilities and i'm telling you it is it's very tough it is a hard job for people to do emotionally uh, and mentally because the, the things as you know delk the things that you see coming across your desk are horrible things and we're not talking adults here we're talking children Right. I get it. Okay. And so it's making sense to me. Yes. It's one of the things we're going to have to work on is caseload workload, caseworker workload, how many they're going to have to to keep the burden down on them so they can service the children, places for these kids to go, continuity of job, of how it's going to to interact with, with the court system and making things as streamlined as possible. And then just trying to find good solutions for these kids moving forward and working with the not-for-profits, working with uh, like the Tennessee Children's Home, getting them in good environments to get their lives turned around because if we don't, we've got a life that's wasted that's going to be around here for another 60, 70 years. Yes, it's very important work and it's very important that uh, you know, it happens a lot, folks. And Like I said, it's sometimes Again, it's just not the child's fault. You know, the, their parents are addicted to drugs or in jail or whatever. And uh, it, it's and even when it is the child's fault, they say they're engaged in criminal activity. Uh, 
we need to get the ship turned around and 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 try to address the situation. I, this, this is important, very important work. And you know, go down to juvenile court someday and just have a seat and watch what's going on. It, it's there's it, there's a lot going on, and it's important. So. Uh, the, the other thing we're working on now is the state of the state address. Governor Lee will unroll his new uh, infrastructure program, uh, the, the the toll roads, the pay-as-you-go roads, uh, trying to find more revenue sources. As we know, the EPA uh, ha- EPA is that right? EPA has put uh, higher uh, driving restrictions on um, on cars where they have to get more miles per gallon, which means cars are filling up with less gas, which means the electric cars are online, like you talked about the Tesla. Uh-huh. We're, we're trying to find the revenue sources for electric cars to pay equally as they would with gas with gas uh, gasoline-powered vehicles. Uh, looking at diesel and how we can keep that affordable for our truckers to keep things flowing in our, in our economy. So the state-of-state address and what the governor's going to file in legislation, we are very interested to see what that's going to look like. Uh, he's been very tight to develop on that, he's kind of let a little, some couple things out to to wet your beak a little bit. But really, the, the nuts and bolts of it is what I've got to get into to try to figure out number one how it benefits Tennessee, and number two how it benefits Murray County. This is yeah. a big year for the governor. Yes. Uh, this is normally the pivot year. Uh, in your second term, this is what the governor will pivot to for his next four years. This is what is going to be on his mind. Well, and you know, you probably hear a lot of the same things we hear. You know, there's a chance that Governor Lee possibly announces for. Uh, run for a bigger office wouldn't sometime sh- yeah. this year. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me if that happens. Uh, we will continue to do our work while the governor is doing what he's going to be doing because we have to make sure that Tennessee stays where it's supposed to be right now. Um, you know, some people uh, will argue with me on on this station about a week ago about the amount of people who were coming to this state are from East Tennessee, and I argue that they were from all over the country. California. And I think Whoa. and I think the census numbers back that up where we've added over a million people to the state of Tennessee in the last ten years. But uh uh Tennessee is one of the most attractive places for people to live to live it, right it now. It is the the uh, Wall Street Journal published the stats on that and um we are the fifth most moved to state in the country. And it has to do with the policies that we enact here. Yeah. Halfway from everywhere, uh you know, you're gonna get all four seasons, uh maybe in the same day. Uh, you know, but uh, it is a great place to live. The people here are very nice. The one thing we have to do as Tennesseans, this is the most important thing we have to do. As Tennesseans, we have to remind people what it means to be a Tennessean. Yes. Okay. You can come from California, New York, and Detroit. I, I don't care. But we have an obligation to make sure that they understand what it means to be a Tennessean and, and, exp- and espouse on them the reasons why you moved here and help us maintain those reasons why you moved here. Yeah, and that can vanish so quickly, and you're so right, Scott. Absolutely. Uh, Shifting gears here a little bit, uh, Murray County. Uh, We are going to be working with the county commission uh, on trying to find additional funding uh, to help growth pay for growth. Uh, There's a couple plans. Sorry about that. There's a couple plans that are going to be put forth. Um, look uh, Look for some news coming out of the county commission here this month, uh, possibly on a little bit of a pivot. Uh, we've been working very hard, uh, Senator Hensley, myself, and others, building this coalition to make sure that people realize that we've reached a point in time, especially in the major growth counties, that we have to have more flexibility in trying to let growth pay for growth. And so, well, we- and and to be clear, I think Scott, what you're talking about is that uh, you know the focus has been on an impact fee. Well, if if you're going to get more money from developers. Uh, 
to for the infrastructure their development will require, which is what an impact fee is required to do. Maybe there's another way to do it where it's not called an impact fee and it'll pass in the legislature. As long as we get the money, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> well, what we're going to start to look at is the process of, of giving more flexibility to the counties to enact things that they need to do to help themselves. We're going to, you'll probably hear me, I will probably not mention that word ever again uh, because we need to pivot from that because the General Assembly doesn't like that word. So we need to yeah. g- give them other revenue options for the counties to give them, um, I guess the word you're going to start here is parity. Yeah, as, as long as the developers pay for their growth, uh, call it anything you want. Call it the Christmas fund. Don't care. You know? <laughs> well, we're going we're gonna to do our best. Uh, we think this is a really good plan, and, and the end result is Murray County gets the flexibility they need to, to meet their, their growth needs, and that's the, that's, the burden, that's the key without burdening the people that have already been here to help pay for that growth. That's the key. Um, also, we're going to work on the new health sciences building with Columbia State. We're making sure that the $50 million that was appropriated by the General Assembly will will cover the cost of building that building. You know, we got into that little snafu there with the, with the county, with the new high school. Uh, I think they appropriated like 70-something million dollars. 74, maybe. And yeah. now they're finding out that it's going to cost over 100. Right. And so we want to make sure this year is very important that uh, the $55 million that we've appropriated will build the health sciences building because that building may not be finished for three or four years. And that's uh, Tom Price was talking about that on the news this morning. People may have heard it. a new health sciences building that would be located on the Columbia Columbia campus. That's correct. Columbia yes. State Community yes. College. Uh, you know, among other things, training nurses, but uh, uh, providing educational opportunities in all sorts of health related fields. And uh, this is a big deal. Something that will have a positive impact on Southern Middle Tennessee for. Decades. Yeah, when you look at the status of healthcare right now with nurses, uh, nurses' aides, nurses' assistants, things like that, we have a huge, a huge shortfall. And this health sciences building job could be the thing that fills those gaps for the next 20 years here, not only in Middle Tennessee, but in the whole state, of churning out enough people to be able to meet the needs of our healthcare profession that, that we can get people the necessary care that they need if they have to go into a hospital or an emergency room, et cetera. So we're looking very forward to seeing ground broken on that as quickly as possible i think the i'm almost positive the last time i talked to uh, uh president smith that i think they said the plans are, are before tbr right now for approval and once they get that approval then they can go out to the architecture and the engineers and start and, and get ready to break ground and tbr being the tennessee board, board of regents sorry yeah. about that <laughs> government's full of acronyms you know yes that. it is uh, and then lastly um you know the thing that's near and dear to my heart is education uh, the new TISA funding formula, uh, that's our that replaced the old BEP, folks. And, and TISA stands for something. I don't Tennessee, know what it stands for. Okay, but Tennessee Investment, Tennessee's Investment in well, Student Achievement. And and basically what it is, folks, is you know every year the legislature, and the, Scott's going to be working on this when he gets there this year, allots uh, an amount of money to uh, secondary school education in the state of Tennessee. TISA is the formula by which that money is divided up among the various school districts around the state. And uh, getting that right is very important. That way you get the number of teachers you need. They get paid what they need to get paid in order to attract those teachers. Um, The formula is the framework. 
And what's interesting is this year we've shifted to the way we're going to fund education. Before it was like a blanket amount for each student that didn't address the individual needs of that student. And now it'll be shifted to where whatever the needs are, special education, rural, uh, economically disadvantaged, uh, uh, poverty, those will be taken into account in how much money the state will send down to each individual uh, school system based on the individual needs. So a I'm going to say an ordinary student might receive $6,000 to educate that student, but if a student has additional needs in special ed, they could receive up to $18,000 per student. And, Scott, am I correct, though, the... I think it's already been passed or anticipating that it will be passed, uh, significant, very significant increases to secondary school education in the state of Tennessee in the next year or two or three. That is correct. And if you want, we I know we're up against a break. We can take a break, and I'll finish the rest of that thought when we come back. That sounds great. Coach Lyle, we ready? This is Barry Duke, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us. We know that Jeep owners are one of a kind. Choose from our huge inventory or build your own one of a kind Jeep from the ground up. Stop by today and one of our product specialists will help you customize the Jeep you want. Wrangler, Grand Cherokee, and Grand Wagoneer in the perfect color. Gotta have them options, powertrain, and more. And now, take advantage of the Jeep Wave program. More free maintenance at no additional cost. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us. Online at ColumbiaCDJR.com. Hi, this is Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. Here is what some of our customers are saying about us. Great people. The place to shop for fair prices and great craftsmanship. Beautiful vintage and custom jewelry. Thank you, Beth. That is our goal. Stop by and see for yourself. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia and Lewisburg. Owned and operated by Rick, custom designer and Terry, registered gemologist. Assuring you the best jewelry value and expert services. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Kick off the new year with new home upgrades from Hiller. This month, when you buy something you need for your home, we'll give you something you want. For a limited time, when you purchase a new whole home generator, new tankless water heater, or select new HVAC systems, we'll give you a free 
55-inch TV, free solo smokeless stove, or a free Nintendo Switch. Pick your prize when you upgrade essential systems for your home. Don't wait. Book online at happyhiller.com today. Call the Happy Face Truck today. Do you have an unused car, truck, motorcycle, boat, or RV taking up space? Put it to good use by donating it to the NASCAR Foundation. Proceeds help fund medical resources for children in our racing community. Your wheels can heal. Call 844-NASCAR-9 and we'll come tow away your vehicle for free. The process is quick and your gift is tax deductible. Call 844-NASCAR-9 to donate your vehicle to the NASCAR Foundation today. Your donation will help our children survive and thrive. I've got Miles Johnson from Foodland on the line. How are you today, Miles? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm doing great. What kind of specials you got for us this week? We have whole boneless New York strip, four ninety nine a pound. Green cabbage, forty nine cents a pound. Eight pound rusted potatoes, four ninety nine each. And six pack Coca Cola products, two for nine dollars. All right, and of course your regular hours are seven a.m. to nine p.m. seven days a week. You've got uh, a great place to come. It's easy to get in and out of. Uh, you got. Some a very friendly staff working there, and we really appreciate. I know I come in there from time to time as well. So, and these specials are run through till next Tuesday, correct, Miles? Uh huh. That's correct. Okay, and we'll talk to you next week. You have a great day, and uh, best of luck to everybody there at uh, at Foodland. Alrighty, thank you. you too. You're welcome. Bye bye. All right, that was Miles Johnson from Foodland. Gave us all the great specials that they got. Go check them out. I'm telling you, uh, the people are very friendly, and they'll help you find whatever you need. Okay, welcome back. Three dudes with a view Monday edition. Uh, and we are having a good week. We're looking forward to a big week. If you want to contact us, send us a message. Tell us what you, exactly what you think of us. Uh, go to the Twitter machine and at WKOMWKRM. We'd love to hear from you. I am dude number three, Del Kennedy. Dude number two, Clayton Harris. How are you, man? Doing well, Del. Good morning, everybody. Dude number one, Mr. Jim York is at a meeting this morning. He will be back with us tomorrow, and we'll look forward to having him. We have a, a friend of the station and regular special guest, Representative Scott Sapecki, the Tennessee legislature, convening tomorrow for its uh, 19, 2023 session. What's going on, Representative Sapecki? Well, let's follow up on that, that question you asked me about higher education. Uh, the governor, in this new funding formula, we have put a lot of money into the career technical fields. Uh, you know, you go back, you know, I'm 56 years old. When you go back, when I was in high school, you had a true dual pathway. You could go to the four-year college pathway or you could go to the, to the career technical program. And Governor Lee has kind of transitioned Tennessee education back into that model to where kids have an option of which way they want to go. We put more money into our community colleges and our TCAT centers, which is the Tennessee Centers for Applied Technology, like in Hohenwald and Pulaski. Uh, Columbia State has received additional funding and money. And then our four-year institutions are kind of being held accountable now of turning out people that have jobs waiting for them. 
Uh, it's not how many degrees that UT Knoxville can turn out. It's how many degrees they can turn out that have jobs in those appropriate fields waiting for them. And that's the key of transition we're working on with higher education. But the, the main focus is going to be is preparing our students, making sure that by the time the kids hit high school, they're on grade level. And one of the, one of the things we're working on is that big the big uh, uh, apprehension that everybody has is the third grade retention law, where kids have to be retained in third grade if they, if they fail the TCAP test. And do not perform well in summer school or take tutors. And by retain, you mean a do-over. And so one of the things we've been looking at is we kind of feel that's too late. If you wait until third grade to make that that move, a kid that's going to flounder in kindergarten, first, and second is going to get so far behind that we won't be able to get them caught up in one year. And so one of the things we're looking at is other solutions – uh, in K through three, moving more of those supports and more of those those I- interventions back into kindergarten, first and second grade, that when a teacher identifies a student getting behind, we can jump right in right away and get the necessary supports in place, be it summer school, be it tutoring, be it uh, reading coaches, to make sure that we get those children caught up, and then interact with the parents, which is the magic number right there, interact with the parents to get them more involved in their students' education so that we can make sure that not only when kids get the third grade, they pass the TCAP test, but when they hit first grade, they're capable of doing the work in first grade, second grade, third grade, so that eventually the goal is when when we take our TCAP test in third grade at the end of the school year if a student would happen to fail it it becomes an anomaly instead of what the norm is right now and that's the problem that's what we got to fix because if we can fix that delk then everything else we do down the line in education those students will be able to take advantage of and when they get to high school they'll be able to choose the career technical pathway or go to a community college or go to a four-year institution or serve in the military it makes total sense to me, Scott, and it, it also fits in with my own experience in raising children. Um, Fundamentals and basics. Everything happens at, you know, kindergarten through really two. Yes. Second grade. Kindergarten through second grade, if, if, that, if that occurs well and they, they're well taught and they perform well after that it's just cruise control all the way to graduation from college well you know we've i've and i've i've substitute taught some but we happen to have somebody in our group right here that's taught for a long time and and mike you know you've heard what we're working on what do you think coach mike lyle on the boards folks he's a retired english teacher i I like the idea uh that uh that you're talking about getting intervention early uh the uh you know for the longest time, it was keep them with their group, keep them with their age group, and stuff like that. You know, uh, help their esteem and, and, and stuff. And then this, the the good self esteem will help them learn better. That hasn't worked, mm-hmm. and so um, uh, I do want to see us go to uh, achievement oriented. This is what you can do, mm-hmm. and this is what you should be able to do at this point, and this is what you can do. If those two match up, move on. If they're not matching up, then you got to hang where you are and quit worrying about how, whether it's how old they are necessarily. Right. Yeah, we don't want them to get you know four and five years out of out of whack, sure. out of line. But the earlier you intervene, the less likely that's going to happen. Yeah. You're also going to get a more mature student if you get a student held back uh, around kindergarten, first grade, uh, and stuff like that. Uh, a student that's held back a year becomes a more mature student in middle school and high school 
and then they're, they're then the achievement rate does go up with mm-hmm. the more mature students and, and stuff. So yeah, I, I like the idea. Uh, it's like anything else in education, though. You know, you got to do it kicking and screaming down the hall. Mm-hmm. And uh, if they'll, you know, if they'll if they'll embrace it and go with it, mm-hmm. uh, then yeah. I, I like it. Well, what's interesting is from from touring the different school systems I have and talking to the different teachers around the state, the, I'm trying to impart to the teachers is you're 87,000 people strong. The reason why when we had the state income tax, when that was being proposed by Bredesen, right? No, Sunquest, wasn't it? Sunquest. Uh, Sunquest mm-hmm. and McWhorter. And McWhorter. When they were proposing that, it wasn't the legislature that stopped that proposal. It was the people of Tennessee who drove to the Capitol and drove around the mm-hmm. Capitol and called their legislators and said, you will not do this. Yep. Right? I recall. In education, what happens is a lot of the lobbyists and a lot of the think tanks are the ones that try to control education, and those are the people that are in your legislators' ears. We need the teachers in your legislators' ears telling us, this is the problem, here's how you fix it. Don't, you can tell us the problem, but give us the solution. Because with 50 votes in the House and 17 votes in the Senate, and hopefully the governor signs it, we can make the changes necessary to turn education on its ear. But we got to have the help of the people. It's hard to do it up there when you're arguing by yourself. But if that room is packed, and I know it's difficult for teachers to get off, but if that room is packed with educators saying, this is something we need to fix education, let me tell you something, it'll happen real quick. And so I've, I've promised to the groups that I've talked to across the state, uh, when we run bills that are instrumental, like the increasing the funding for classroom materials from teachers from 200 to $500, when that bill goes to committee, we're going to ask the teachers to call those committee members and say, please vote for this. We, we can put this money to good use for our kids. Yeah. From a from a secondary teacher standpoint, the other thing is, and, and my wife was an elementary teacher for, for years, just retired about a year and a half ago. Let's Let's cut back on the number of high stakes tests i mean my wife was getting literally getting ready for a new te- high stakes test about every four to six weeks mm-hmm. and she had no time really to sit down and teach let alone assess whether a student was behind or whatever because uh, they were always having to test they were always having to do the, you know they had some kind of running records they had this they had that they had some, you know some kind of math program they had to test over test out and find out where they were and then they had a reading program a week and a half after that that they had to have high stakes testing and then they'd have some kind of other test that they they cognitive disability or something like that that they had to have everybody tested on and uh, so you know let's let's back off the tests you know fewer tests you know let's let's let them teach let people teach, you know, let the teachers teach. And uh, I think you're going to see, you know, you'll see some good things. I, I, like I said, get the interventions in early. Don't make them so hard to get interventions. Right now, to put a student on any kind of uh, IEP. IEP or something like that takes or, over what, a what is that? individual education, individual education program this or plan. A student uh, who's troubled in some right, way. Right, has has a learning some kind of learning disability or some kind of you know behavior disability. It takes over a year to get them in the system now, and uh, to you know to get them qualified. Because by the time they you know this person's got to sign off, this person's got to have five observations of, and, and they're not in the classroom with them every day, so they got to have five different observations, or they got to have three observations. The teacher's got to have show that they've done three different interventions, and and, and done all these things. And when you have 25 kids in the classroom that five six of them are in that boat 
and you're trying to get all that extra stuff done, it's just overwhelming. And uh, and and we've had you know my <laughs> wife had several kids. Yeah, you know, she's again she was a third grade teacher. She was at that that hot point, and she said this kid should have been in the system long ago. And I I'm just now the one getting started. It's he's going to be halfway through fourth grade before we can ever get done. And uh, if he gets there, <laughs> yeah, the, there you go. It's the problem of analysis that leads to paralysis. Yeah, and we, we got so many data points that we need to do. Let, I mean, we're working on it right now. There's going to be a bill that's going to get run that asks when we go through new standards review of social studies or science or English or math, that those standards are broken up into fundamentals and basics and advanced principles. And our TCAP tests are going to reflect that a student that answers the portion of it that has to deal with fundamentals and basics is considered on track. Instead of how many questions you get right is can you answer this core of questions correctly. And if you can, you're on track. If you can answer some other ones, you're an advanced student. But if you can get the core down and the fundamentals, then you can move through the, move through the system every year and be successful. And then, therefore, when you get to high school, pick out what you want to do in life because of the options that are afforded to you because of your performance in academics. It's all it's mm-hmm. it's about it's about getting getting the next group of Tennesseans able to perform so that the Tennessee that we have that people are moving to can continue on. We also yeah. need to be careful about the latest and greatest. That's correct. Uh, well, you I, know, we have a testing system in high school that works and has worked for decades. Mm-hmm. It's nationally vetted. It is accepted by almost every college in the world called the ACT testing program Correct. that goes all the way down to third grade, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yet we in Tennessee have to go our own little way, mm-hmm. and we can't come up with a test that even works, let alone actually measures what they want. And I've had more than one college recruiter say, I don't care what they made on the Tennessee test, what they make on the ACT. That's correct. And we spend $33 million yeah. with a testing vendor to do that. Yeah. Um, we're working on that. We're working on that, he said. Now, Scott, <laughs> the, well, folks, and just to recap, we're uh, Scott Specky is here, Representative Scott Specky, uh, talking about what's going to happen when the legislature of Tennessee convenes tomorrow in Nashville for its spring session 2023. We've heard that the governor is going to emphasize uh, – some action by the legislature to correct the crisis at the Department of Children's Services for uh, they don't have the capacity or the people or whatever the resources they need to keep the number of foster children being uh, sent to them by the juvenile courts of, of Tennessee, and it's a real crisis, and it's a very important job. The other thing, apparently, the governor wants to talk about is uh, infrastructure roads. I think are correct is about a hundred percent of what infrastructure means in Tennessee right now. And I, I've heard, and I think all of you have heard, the governor talking a good bit about these toll roads, like they have down mm-hmm. in Georgia. So I, I would expect that's going to happen. Uh, Scott was talking about. That a little while ago, and I want to hear more about it. The state of Tennessee is going to, uh, I'm going to use the word massively, increase the amount of funding available to secondary schools, high schools, elementary education, school districts across the state 
massively increase the, the amount of money available to them. Uh, so what's happening there, Scott? That's, that's going to happen in the next two years, that, I think. That's correct. In the, in the TISA funding formula, we are rewarding our high schools and middle schools, uh, especially our high schools, for having students enrolled in career technical programs. Uh, depending on what level of program they're in, a level one, two, or three program, they could be paid upwards of $5,000 for that student extra on top of the funds set from the state with no local match. That's just state money coming to them. So I would look with uh, I would look to uh, 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 Superintendent uh, Ventura, who hired a new CTE director, I think from Pulaski, if I, if I remember right. CTE being? Uh, career technical uh, uh, education. Okay. That uh, you will see a big shift, and you should. I mean, we are waving the carrot in front of these school systems if you need more money. And by the way, we're hoping that they're smart and they keep the money in the career technical programs, but the money that we send to them for those students is not restricted. Can, yeah, I was about to say the money. There's a, a significant, if not massive, increase for all types, not just technical education. That's, right? that's correct across the board. And you could see upwards just in the career technical fields. Hypothetically, let's say every student at Columbia Central was in a level two or level three year. That high school could receive upwards of four to five million itself. And it doesn't have to be technical, though. It could be it, anything. Anything. Four to five million more dollars. Now, Scott, what's the What's the rationale? What does the legislature expect our school districts to do with this additional money? Well, the governor knows that we need to have more people in the build it and fix it jobs because those people are retiring the fastest right now. Electricians, uh, HVAC technicians, uh, welders, machinists, things like that. The people that keep that keep the lights on, Delk, that keep the air conditioning working. We need more people in those fields. And by the way, those are some fields that you can make coming right out of those those programs, making sixty to seventy thousand dollars a year with the Tennessee Promise, no student debt. And so we're making a big investment in that. We're going to try to push Tennessee as a leader in the dual pathway in education and, and, and put our money where our mouth is and make sure that our locals have enough money to, to not only enact these programs, but be able to sprinkle this money across the school system for hopefully better teacher pay. And so the goal not only is technical uh Education, but the goal is to prepare kids to go to college as well. It's all about giving the kids as many options as they can because they can perform in the classroom. Here we go, folks. We've come to the end. Scott Spicky, thanks for coming on and giving us a preview of what's going to happen in Nashville. And uh, please come back and let us know how it's all playing out. It'll be fun tomorrow. All right. <laughs> Hope y'all don't get a fist fight like they did in Washington. <laughs> <laughs> you can. Move